turn with me to the book of Ephesians, if you will, and read along together. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 10. As the Apostle Paul speaks very clearly about the grace of God in our life, and um, there's no way one message can cover this enormous topic of God's grace. Um, and by God's grace, um, we will be able to uh, be stronger, having read the scripture together, and uh, encouraged by the word of God and the work of grace. Grace works on us. Uh, we do not work to receive grace. We cannot earn grace. We cannot work for grace. Grace is a gift from God, and it's God's unmerited favor. Uh, he just chooses to love us. He just chooses to give us grace. And he has more grace than you can exhaust or use uh, in your lifetime. There's more grace available. Uh, we cannot sin in order that grace may abound, the Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans. But uh, grace is abundant enough to cover all of our sin and to keep us in close, harmonious relationship with Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. We read, uh, if you'll uh, listen as I read uh, uh, from Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. He says, And you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Uh, there is a spiritual battle taking place in the heavenlies, and God's grace is stronger than that spiritual force that is trying to destroy you. Uh, there is a satanic voice that wants to take your life. Uh, there is a satanic voice that says you're not worth living. If you hear that voice, it is a lie. Do not listen to it. Uh, do not give in to it. Instead, of, instead, seek God's grace and seek help. Because God sends helping people to us to minister to us, as Marty said here, her friend that ministered to her. God has equipped a lot of people with uh, skills, uh, counseling and so forth that can help us with that. To, to think that your life is not worth living is nothing to be ashamed of, but it is something to be attended to. And uh, in our day and time, there is a stigma with uh, depression. There is a stigma that goes with this. But uh, whatever the stigma may, may be, it is not worth the sacrifice of your life. You are worth being alive. You are worth living. Your life is worth living. And God has gifted you and called you to serve him and to find your purpose in this world by serving him and living for him. And uh, so there is a spiritual battle taking place in this world. And Satan is very much alive trying to destroy your life. The, Keith, the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy, Jesus said. But I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. In verse 3 he says, Among them too, uh, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. 
and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. What does God's grace do to us? First of all, God's grace transforms us. God's grace transforms us. We are changed by the grace of God. We have this nature of sin, this natural inclination to do what is wrong. Uh, If you don't believe that, raise children. Uh, You don't have to teach them to do wrong. They know how to do it. They know how to act uh, and misbehave all all the time. But we are always trying to train our children to do what is right. There is a transformation that takes place under the power of the Holy Spirit by the grace of God in our life when we give our life to Christ and trust Him as our Lord and our Savior. That transformation is the work of God's grace. Uh, This is not something we have the power to overcome ourselves. There are many habits we'd like to quit on our own strength. We'd like to quit smoking on our own strength. We'd like to quit overeating on our own strength. Uh, We would like to quit other certain habits that are self-destructive on our own strength. But we cannot do that. We are powerless to do that. But it is the presence of God's Spirit, which is a gift from God, that transforms us on the inside so that we do not want the things that destroy us. We no longer crave the things that are self-destructive. But instead, we crave what is good. We We crave what is helpful. We crave what is righteous. We crave what pleases God and desire what pleases Him. And this is a transforming act of the grace of God. And this, my friend, is why you are alive today. This is why you are here today. That you might surrender to this transforming grace of God and be a stronger believer and a stronger disciple in the Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of God is simply His undeserved favor. And as God has acted upon us by His grace, we are justified and made right with God through His, the gift of His grace. Paul said in Romans 3.24, we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's grace that inclines God to give gifts that we are free and undeserved sinners, and yet we receive this grace from God. In Romans 5.15, Paul wrote, If many died through one man's trespass, many more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that by the, and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for, for many. In other words, the grace of Christ in our life is more than enough to atone for our sin and to make us right with God. And folks, when we are right with God, we are at peace with God. And when we are at peace with God, we rest. When we are at peace with God, we want to live. When we are at peace with God, We live in this freedom, and it is all an act of God's grace upon us. In Romans 11, verses 5 to 6, Paul writes, At the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace, 
But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be, <clears throat> be grace. So you can't work to earn grace. It's a free and undeserved gift from Almighty God. Dallas Willard uh, has written several books. He has passed away uh, in the last two or three years. And uh, his writing is quite complicated. He is a philosopher who taught at uh, University of uh, Southern uh, California. And uh, he's written several books. And one of the statements that he makes about the grace of God that has stuck with me through the years is this one little phrase. And uh, I hope it, that it uh, enriches your life just as the rain is falling down right now, is rich, enriching the ground and the crops that, uh, that need it so, so badly. He said, grace is not opposed to effort, but it is opposed to earning. Grace is not opposed to effort, but it is opposed to earning. We cannot earn the grace of God, but the grace of God gives us the strength to have effort, to make effort to grow, to make effort to do better, to make effort to reach out, to make effort to minister to other people. Grace motivates us to effort. Grace is not opposed to effort, but grace is opposed to earning. We cannot earn the grace of God. It is the effort that uh, we desire to live out as a testimony of Christ in us. So grace is this undeserved favor of God upon us. Now that we have this favor, we can draw near with confidence to His throne of grace. The Bible invites us and encourages us to come to the throne of grace that we might receive more grace, abundant enough to get us through the difficult times that we're living. He says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Come near to the throne of grace. Uh, God is a consuming fire. God is uh, all-powerful. And yet He invites us to receive Him and to be restored to Him and to draw from His grace. Folks, the grace that you had yesterday will not be sufficient for today. You need more grace in your life. Because there are more challenges today than you faced yesterday. There are more uh, obstacles to overcome today than you faced yesterday. And uh, so this is not the time to sit back and say, well, I've had God's grace active in my life. I don't need it anymore. Folks, the challenges you face today will not be met unless you uh, receive the abundance of God's grace to go with you throughout the day that you're living. So grace transforms us. We are changed. We are made different. We are made acceptable in the sight of God because of the grace of God. It, it, it's just hard for me to imagine of all the sin that's been in my life that I have been made acceptable by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And that things that I've done in the past are behind. Uh, they're, they're yesterday. They're over. They're gone. They're for. for forgiven by the grace of Almighty God. And today is a new day. And today the mercy of God is fresh. Today the grace of God is fresh and more than abundant to transform me so that I can meet the, the uh, test that lies ahead on this day. So number two, first of all, God's grace transforms us. Number two, God's grace gives us the power to live every day. 
It, it, it is the strength of grace that keeps us going. I, I've shared with you there have been times in my ministry that I felt like I just couldn't, couldn't keep going because the obstacles I was facing, the challenges that I was having to deal with were not my strong suit. Uh, I don't like to confront people. I'm, I'm a guy that likes to get along with everybody. But uh, I've had situations where I've had to have a confrontation and say to people, I can't be your pastor anymore. You'll have to rely on a deacon. You'll have to rely on somebody else. And uh, that was hard for, for me to do. And it took God's grace in order for me to face that and step up to the task. But once I did it, God began to intervene in the life of the other family. They got better. We got better. And the whole church began to get better as well. So it is the grace of God that gives us the power to face the obstacles we're facing, not to back away from them, uh, not to, re not to uh, retreat, but to continue to have courage and step forward. And as we have courage and step forward, not in our own strength, not in our own wit, not in our own insight, but just by the presence of the grace of God in your life. One of the things I've th thought about as I uh, began to put this message uh, to, to, together is how the grace of God makes you shine. The grace of God just ma makes you shine. Uh, when I was a kid in high school and um, middle school, eh? we didn't have middle school at my school. You were in the elementary on the first level or high school on the second level of that little school. But uh, the first job I had was to shine shoes. And um, I'd go to the barber shop on a Saturday, catch a ride out on the highway and uh, six miles into town. There's always somebody going to work would pick me up, take me into town. And I'd go to the barbershop and I'd sit there all day. And I shined shoes. I learned, number one, how to, how to be a salesman. I learned, number two, how to meet and greet people and not wait for them to talk to me. And I learned, number three, what a good shine on a boot uh, looks like. Well, first of all, you've got to clean that boot, right? You've got to get the dust off of it. I had a guy that would bring in a pair of boots. I get 50 cents for a pair of boots. I got 25 cents for a pair of shoes, but I got 50 cents for a pair of boots. And this guy would always bring his boots in for me to shine. He'd leave them there, and then he would come back later and get, get them. He worked in the oil fields. He made good money. And boy, when he came in the barbershop, I knew I was going to make at least 50 cents. So he comes in, he brings his shoes, and the first thing I do is clean them up. Get all the dirt off. Get all the dust off. Just, just clean them up. If you don't clean them up, you can put all the polish you want to on a shoe, and it's going to look disastrous. But if you get the right cleaning material on it, get it cleaned up real good, it'll almost shine by itself without having to put any polish on it. But one thing, when you put that polish on there and you begin to rub it in real good, and you use your brush, and then you use your, um, uh, uh, you know, that whopper thing, that piece of um, uh, uh, towel, uh, that thing would really shine up, and it really looked nice. And I was so proud uh, of the work that I did. And I was so happy to get that 50 cents from, from, from that guy. And if he brought in two pairs of shoes, man, it was a great day. A whole dollar I was going home with. Well, that's what the grace of God does. God's grace cleans up your life. He just cleans out all the old bad stuff. And, and he, just, he just gets rid of it. Um, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you watch the pimple popper on TV? You ever seen that? You've, 
<laughs> actually raised your hand. <laughs> Isn't that the grossest thing you've ever seen? Well, now, why do you keep watching that show? You know, you watch them pop that pimple and you go, ooh, that's gross. But you just keep watching it. Why do you do, why do, you do that? What draws you in? Well, I don't know why either, but there's something about getting cleansed. There's something about getting relief that we desire in our own life. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the gift of God's grace to just to take what is in us that is decayed and rotten and squeeze it out and clean us up and make us new and make us right with God the Father and, and, and make us so that we shine and we have life again. We're not driven nor defined by the events that happen in our life. We're defined by the grace of God. We're defined by the cross of Christ. And so we wear our crosses, uh, we, we wear uh, whatever indicates that we are a follower of Jesus Christ because we want to shine with Jesus. We want to come alive. We want to live. We want to be alive. And it's this desire to live. It's this desire to shine. It's this desire to want what is lovely, what is a good report. Let your mind dwell on these things, the Apostle Paul said. In chapter uh, 12 and verse 9 of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, God said to him when he asked the Lord to remove the hurt and the pain in his life, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. God doesn't always get rid of our pain. God sometimes allows us to continue in our pain. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. If you have to live with depression, that doesn't mean there's something spiritually wrong with you. I hope you hear that. If, if you have to live with an illness, that doesn't mean there's something spiritually wrong with you. Now this uh, preaching, this theology you get on TV, that if you will just give some seed money to the preacher on TV, uh, you somehow are going to have no more pains and no more problems, <clears throat> and God is going to relieve you of the, of the problems that are, that are in your life. Uh, folks, that's not true. That's not Bible. What God's going to do is, He's not going to relieve you of that problem. He's going to give you the grace to cope with it. He's going to give you the grace to deal with it. I have lived through that. I'm still living it now. Uh, having been near death twice, uh, having to live with this hernia that I have, and the, the ostomy pouch that I have to wear, and all that, I, that I've come through, it doesn't go away. I, I, I pray a lot of times, God, just, just take this away. I've even thought magically, I'd just wake up one morning, and it'd all be gone, you know? Well, that's just magical th thinking. And sometimes the problems that we're dealing with in our life, uh, we want God to just take it away so we don't have to deal with it any longer. And what God is saying to us is, I want you to know my grace better than that problem you've got. I want you to know my power and I want you to know my strength. Because folks, since I have been ill and have recovered, I believe I've prayed more than I've prayed in my life. And I think had I not been through all that, I would not have had the prayer life that I've been able to have because of the deep uh, call upon God to help me get through every day. 
and my relationship with the Lord is closer now than it's been in a long, long time. And so, do I praise God for illness? No, but I praise God for His grace that through these illnesses, God has been with me and God has taken care of me and God has provided all the way. My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Heavens knows I am weak, but I'm made strong because of the grace of God in my life. So number one, God's grace transforms us. Uh, number two, God's grace shines us up, gets rid of the dirt, gets rid of the, uh, all the stuff that's uh, clogging up our, our veins and our, our spiritual walk with Him and just puts us out there and says, look what my grace can do. And the fact that you are just present, the fact that you are just showing up to love other people, to care for other people, God's grace that shined you, made you sparkle again, they're seeing that. And that's a powerful witness to, to of other people. It's not the words you say, it's the fact that you show up. It's the fact that you care. And God's grace polished you up, shines through you, and encourages other people as well. I invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray. And um, today, if you're that person that wants to come forward and give your life to the Lord, uh, this is your opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy in our life and for giving us grace that is more abundant than our need. Uh, your grace that transforms, your grace that gives us the power to live every day, your grace that sustains us. Lord, thank you for your special, special grace. And may we, Father, allow you to shine us up and renew us that we sparkle again by your grace that washes us clean, makes us presentable to the world, and others want to know about our Savior. Father, move in the life of those who need to make decisions today. And for those who are deciding to stay where they are, but to continue to serve you stronger, Father, give them courage as well. We pray this all in Jesus' name for the glory of God. And all the people said, Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.